friends. Welcome to the Impossible Things podcast, where the greatest minds in the universe answer the world's toughest questions. But until they arrive, and we haven't seen them yet, we, the three of us, will be talking about the same questions. I'm Jesse. With me today are the incomparable Jimmy. Hello. And, and the incomprehensible Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Such an apt description. <laughs> Thank you. So today we are talking about the evolution of man evolution of man and uh and we need to before we can tackle whether it's possible or impossible i think we gotta define some terms so jimmy had uh, risen, originally thrown this topic out there and uh we should uh, ask him why why this is applicable to our format so what we're talking about is is evolution in the sense of of human beings will eventually evolve into another being uh it, it, the the uh, the example for billions of years ago there were fish and fish grew legs and then those fish turned into mammals and mammals evolved and and those became monkeys and monkeys became people um uh, i personally don't believe in evolution in a sense i believe in adaptation um which uh which i guess is a is a very minor very micro form do you believe in adaption <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Three-week-old joke, I, folks. I saw, I saw both of your eyes, and you're like, oh, no, here comes adaption. I was, I was waiting for Jesse to say it, but then I, I gave up waiting. I don't know. But, so, so that information is firing off in my synapse right now. In our synapse? <laughs> Two-week-old joke, folks. I really try not to be a grammar jerk. Apparently, Kyle doesn't try as hard as I do. <laughs> no. We, we just had an hour-long discussion offline about how I am that jerk. Anyway. Um, so that's that's what I was talking about. I think it was... In time travel? No, time travel was the first one. It was in whatever our second podcast was. Uh, we were talking about, I think we were talking about teleportation because mm-hmm. we were talking about couldn't you just teleport a better version of yourself? Is that not true? I, I don't I, remember. They I, remember somewhere, I remember somewhere being saying, oh, well, it's like, it's kind of like saying humans can evolve. And then Jesse said, well, obviously. I was like, what do you mean, obviously? No, we don't. And then Kyle was like, okay, hold on. We'll write this down and we'll come back we'll to come it. We'll come back to it. So we're coming so back to it. Right. coming back to it now. Uh, my, how I feel is that we, as a society, okay, we have evolved. We we are evolving, but we're not really evolving physically anymore. We're evolving more with with, uh, uh so socially, we're evolving, we're evolving technologically, technologically, yeah, right, culturally. But our culture has gotten to a point to where we don't allow the weak and the ones that would be unable to survive on their own to die mm-hmm. off. So yeah. the survival of the fittest has been... Has been stopped. Yeah. I think the it's been mitigated is... uh, by organizations like uh, the Occupational Self and Haiti. Self, Self and Haiti? Wow. Health and Safety Administration. Oh, all right. I've, I've, no, I, I really do. I feel like legally, like we are legally not allowing stupid people to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that, which in my mind is survival of the fittest. Well, mm-hmm. as one of, one of the people that we know says they're always making a better idiot. They are, and and we're well, all we're doing is legally protecting the better idiots with mm-hmm. ha- lo- uh, taller handrails and uh, fall protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a company that uh, that is local to Southern California just got fined and is is severely overreacting to their fines mm-hmm. by installing handrail everywhere right. and fall protection everywhere, which I think there's value to, mm-hmm. but. I think that going too far the other direction is what prevents the it prevents the natural term of, uh, of evolution in the sense of natural selection. Well, Kyle, I don't think natural selection exists anymore. Kyle's personally. referring to where we work, but it's not just there. It's it's endemic throughout business and anywhere that there's workers. 
and putting themselves in any kind of danger. I mean, danger's always been, the companies are always trying to mitigate their danger and the possibility of litigation. Well, but I think, I think that they've gone too far in the sense of they think that they're not just mitigating danger, they think they're eliminating danger. And I think that in, in the course of attempting to eliminate danger, they are reducing the percentage of natural selection's possibilities. Because mm-hmm. natural selection will never be able to be eliminated. People, again, like you said, a better idiot. Like, people will always trip and fall in front of a train. And it's like, okay, well, that person wasn't meant to meant to survive past that moment. But what if that was Einstein? Any, it could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. Exactly. It's not necessarily a stupid thing. Although, that's, that's, you know, that's the hot topic du jour is that, you know, I think, I think Cal OSHA specifically, because that's the state we're in, has gotten... California, that is, has gotten, they've gotten to a point where they're not just mitigating safety procedures. They are, they are trying to forcibly prevent people from dying, mm-hmm. which is, which I'm all about trying to prevent people from dying. But like it, there's a point where you go too far. And I think, think we're about to, I personally, this is my prediction, you know, which we'll have a recording of, thank God. Uh, <laughs> my prediction is, is that they're going to wrap so far in the other direction that it's going to be dangerous to use the systems they put in place. Well, they, they implemented a system at our work, mm-hmm. at our place of work. Work is something you do. A job is something you go to. Correct. Okay. At, uh, there you go. <laughs> at our place of employment. Good legal separation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, they, it, it, your point exactly. It became more dangerous. The safety precaution put somebody in a more dangerous position than they would have been then we started in when well, I, act- I actually feel to a greater degree that these types of uh mechanical engineer or well would you call it mechanical engineering i guess i, I don't know yeah, but they, we probably it, need a new term because it, this is becoming a, a yeah. rapidly growing field right they, they, but socially engineering then at that case or or whatever engineering these solutions to that i feel is actually the de-evolution of man because now you're telling somebody don't critically think about the the situation you're about to go into i've already thought of everything that could possibly harm you and so you don't, need to, you don't need to think anymore. And so you think like, well, as long as I follow this procedure exactly, I couldn't possibly hurt myself. It's, I, I, and again, I've referenced this now two weeks in a row. Here's the third week. The Freakonomics people <laughs> did a whole, did a whole uh, podcast on whether or not football players are getting more injured now because they know their helmets are meant to protect them. So they're mm-hmm. hitting harder. They mm-hmm. use their helmet as a... They're, they, they're, they've engineered it into, the, in, yes, into, into their... Uh, their attack instead mm-hmm. of uh, allowing it to be a precautionary yeah. safety measure. I was having this discussion, uh, not exactly this, but similar. And uh, rugby came up. You know, we were just talking about rough sports, football, hockey, and rugby came up. And the amount of padding that a, an ice hockey player or an American football player would wear compared to rugby players, which basically dress like soccer players, yeah, minus the shin pads. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and I, I was curious whether the amount and severity of injuries sustained by rugby players is at all comparable to those other sports, ice hockey and American football. And I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I, and I looked around a little bit. I can't really find any. I, I highly recommend listening to that episode because there are some I, I statistics. Did oh, did you? Oh, rugby was? No, rug, rugby specifically wasn't, but uh, football, old versus new. and. Oh, yeah. Um, I was I was almost thinking, and my opinion, I'm sure, was was uh, influenced by this podcast that I also heard, which was what you're referencing, the Freakonomics about football. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, my my hypo- hypothesis hypothesis would would kind of be <laughs> nice. that uh, rugby players are more careful with their bodies because they're not mm-hmm. as protected, Agreed. and they're 
they're forced to use the proper techniques to tackle and you know slide and uh, do whatever i don't even know what well, that's the, they have to have but they have to be more precise and in football yeah. you don't just hit just be big and w- which wouldn't you think i think is it is the de-evolution I mean, say it's it's a good. We're we're actually getting to actively watch this right now because I don't remember football, the football helmet thing from when we were kids mm-hmm. being much different than it is now. Maybe a little bit slightly, mm-hmm. but we're actually getting to watch this right now in hockey. Is that in hockey they're slowly starting to add more stability to the helmets and more regulation yeah. as to yeah. what covers your face, and we're seeing right. a definite increase in violence in the sport. Mm-hmm. They're and, about to and careless violence as well. Interestingly, they're about to make goalie equipment smaller. Interesting. Well, they don't get in fights. They, they don't, don't get. They, they don't get hit. They, they only, only get <laughs> collided with, and they get uh, they a get, puck shot at them. Yes, that's what I was getting at. They they do have a, a small frozen rubber disc fired at them <laughs> at upwards of a hundred miles an hour. It, indeed, but I mean, like, but that's that's something that's that's a little more predictable yeah. than uh, the unpredictable act of a human charging you and pushing you into the boards. I mean, yeah. Well, where do I you? Think. Uh, I think this kind of brings up. A, a thing of occupational hazard. I mean, at what point do you say these guys have, have chosen to play a sport that is quote unquote dangerous? Mm-hmm. And uh, at what point does the risk become theirs? Mm-hmm. You know, right. Well, a, a you thing. assume a certain risk. I mean, there was a defenseman last year that, that got hit in the eye and his eye may never heal. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause he was blocking a shot and the, and the puck hit him in the eye. It was nobody's fault. It wasn't, actively aggressive it was an occupational hazard it was an occupational hazard it could happen to anybody and uh his two brothers also play in the nhl mm-hmm. it was mark Stahl and his brothers play oh yes other teams and uh so they his brothers started wearing a visor which neither of them had a half half shield which covers down just below your nose and but mark Stahl said he probably wouldn't when he comes back he said he, i probably won't wear that Except but now it, he will because it's going to be mandatory. Say, but it's, inter- it's interesting because now it's mandatory. Yeah, and, and because uh, it's mandatory now, is it's like, okay, I, well, are we going to see a lot more? Are, his, are those players going to take more chances knowing that they won't lose an eye? Mm-hmm. Do you think? I think so. Maybe. I mean, I think they will. Well, I mean, yeah. like, uh, Jimmy, your, your, your choice is basketball. If basketball players had to start wearing padding, don't you think they would jump over people they, more? They and, will collide even more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the case. I mean, I think soccer and basketball are s- still mm-hmm. fairly you know, virginized in the sense that you don't get those, like, full-speed collisions because they're not protected like that. If you look at the footage of basketball games, before they started putting padding around the actual hoop itself, like mm-hmm. the base of it, no one was getting thrown out of the ring or out of the ring out of the court ever mm-hmm. uh but now nowadays everyone just <laughs> what if basketball and boxing were Ooh, combined basket boxing there new a, sport coming there to you there would be a lot of boxing and then a lot of oh he hit me and uh, oh that's a free foul. throw for you <laughs> free throw for you i i love basketball i love watching it that is the most frustrating thing on the planet though is that it's a bunch of grown men who get paid millions of dollars who just whine and complain all the time, and that's part of strategy. Uh-huh. That annoys me, and I hope they change it soon. See, de-evolution of man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, so going back a little bit, it's like so we've now with all these safety safety things, we we are now making it harder to to die in a stupid. Like, have you seen the eight point ladder? Our our company that we work for, our employer has bought one, and no one will use it because it's a death trap. Have you have you seen this? Thing? I have not seen this. Thing. I it seen this is thing. a ladder that it extends and then has the two feet so the four feet that a ladder normally has and then two more feet that come from the side 
and then uh, a, a foot in the middle that you know connects to the bottom. You climb up the ladder, and then you can get to the top where there's a work platform. Yep. And then there's a a probably about to your knee height railing around the top of it with netting, and then an actual gate that you open up. So, question for you: mm-hmm. Will an injury occur from using that ladder? Yes. How? Uh, because people are going to start going, well, this is dumb, and then they'll step over it, and then they'll die. I think it'll be part of that. I think you, I think the most injuries we'll see from that ladder setting it up. Mm-hmm. That's what it's I think. It's too heavy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too heavy. It's bulky. People will get careless. and Which is exactly your point, that the safety precautions that were more dangerous than mm-hmm. what was there before, yeah. I think. And I think the percentage mm-hmm. risk is there. There's just nobody in a corporation is going to mm-hmm. stop a safety person, not in this day and age. Right. But and like your example of football, I mean, before helmets were were a great technology, very protective and such. Guys wouldn't use their head to to, to tackle or block. Right. To hit somebody and in the if, chest. If I'm on a ladder, I'm not gonna try to step off of it because I know how dangerous well, that I, is. I, I when I can give you a really good example right now. So in in my in my previous job, I'm going to say my previous job, uh, before I worked for our current employer, I when I would wear a harness, I would lean all the way back off of a, a fixed ladder because mm-hmm. I know I wasn't going to fall. Do you think or I would if ever? If you did do... fall, you were, you were protected. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then that's the thing is ladders with cages. Who? Which one of us does not lean back in a ladder with a cage? And they all have to have it now because that's their new safety mm-hmm. regulation. I've totally, like in my previous job, have, have leaned back against the ladder cage mm-hmm. and used it as a work platform. Like, uh, why not? Mm-hmm. Or in, a, in an articulating lift in my previous job, you know, standing on the, the second railing because you're harnessed in. I'm, if I fall out, the most that's going to happen is I'll maybe crack a femur or break my leg. I'm not mm-hmm. going to die. So why not lean out there and grab the thing I'm trying to get or do the work? Like, what's, sure, otherwise, what's the point? All right, here's the other thing. I think I feel like we're just going in circles, but mm-hmm. um, here's the other thing that's that's contributing to the lack of natural selection, which is medicine. Yes, absolutely. So we are we're keeping the weakest among us alive, so that they can. So here's here's an example um, from my wife. She had a. And I always tell her, if you'd been born 100 years ago, you would have died when you were a baby. Because, well, she wouldn't even have been alive because her dad wouldn't have survived without the surgery that he had when he was a few days old. Um, so she had, like, tonsil issues, and her her throat was too kind of small for her to breathe very well. Mm-hmm. So they, did a, they took her tonsils out, and she was really young, so she could breathe. And she's had a, a lot of other infections, ear infections, you know, upper respiratory problems, just a lot, a lot, a lot. And if she hadn't had medical, she's fine now, but if she hadn't had medical intervention mm-hmm. that was commonplace, you know, when we were kids, she would have, I don't think she would have made it. Well, I mean, like, th- think about any of the other terminal diseases that are, like, seemingly innocuous now, right. mostly because we inoculate. And, and but, so here's from my wife's thing. We're, we have potentially passed that on to our daughter. Mm-hmm. And... That's you know that's probably not good for her, but if but it's it's uh, we're keeping everybody alive, but everybody you know the species as a whole is getting weaker mm-hmm. because of all these genetic defects that are being passed on. Well, it sounds I, heartless, but that's no, but the, those those are, that's the stark reality. I, mm-hmm. But I do think to to that effect, what you're saying, I think does enforce what the the topic 
of this episode is, which is that I think that is the evolution of man. We're adapting to our situation. I think when we're trying to, I, I mean, we're, we're, that's, that is truly we're mitigating factors. We are. Because are is, is, is your wife going to die eventually? Yes. And your daughter will die eventually. How long that is is not relevant to what we're talking about, mm-hmm. I think. You're just prolonging the inevitable. You're not trying to eliminate the inevitable. And that's where, that's where I think that's, that's adaptation. I, I don't think that's de-evolution like what we're talking about because mm-hmm. these safety people are trying to eliminate the, the risk altogether. And again, in, in economics, basic economics, no risk, no reward. Like that's, that's really what it is. And so I think that people are getting stupider personally. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, just overall, the only people who, and that's why I think that there is a small amount of people who are doing things of note. Like Elon Musk is taking huge amounts of risk and the rewards are great, but he's going to fail eventually. Steve Jobs failed at one point, but like, you know, he's made a pretty, his company's made a pretty good comeback, uh, obviously, and has had longevity in that. But no risk, no reward. Like, we're not going to progress as a society. We're not going to continue our progression and adaptation w- without the risk. But that that pool of people who are willing to take the risk is so much smaller because mm-hmm. there's no challenge at all to staying alive, I guess, is the... Mm-hmm. the point of it but I was watching a training video for uh, the red cars you know the LA oh yeah red car that oh was, yeah I think it was it was highly touted because it was the first training movie um, it's from like 1913 or something like that I found mm-hmm. it on YouTube and just it was it had examples it was like a silent film training movie kind of thing and it had it had the red car trolley just trained just going down the street and there was like nothing or was going in this field, this this byway, and these. It was telling the conductor, you know, beware of people walking. And there was no, there wasn't even a raised, elevated area for the track. It was just flat ground, street crosswalk, nothing. Just people, they could walk right in front of the train with no, no alerts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite funny. We would never allow that. Now. We never ever. Because, I mean, like, like so they just built uh, an extension to the yellow line in the metro system. Mm-hmm. Or not the yellow line, but the, the light rail system that's in L.A. They just built an extension. They're always talking about the red line being extended to Santa Monica. Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. The, there's a pre-existing. You know, the yellow line's got that light rail. Not the subway, not the red line, but mm-hmm. the, the light rail that goes down the, the Hyperloop. Is it the Hyperloop? No. no. Oh. The one that goes down the 105. Oh, yeah. Um, that one, they, they made an extension off that line from Union Station that goes... Uh, underneath the the uh, interchange from the 5 to the 101 and so I watched them building it and it's built down the middle of a major city or like not a major city street but a city street mm-hmm. and I, if it was 100 years ago there would just be track laid down the middle of the street no, no nothing around it yep. there's hand railing there's a curb they've essentially eliminated two lanes of this road which is now a one way street both or there are both one lane street both directions because of safety mm-hmm. And, be, and and it, why? Why are we engineering things like that? People are going to make dumber choices. There will mm-hmm. still be car accidents on that road, probably now because people are trying to jet around each other and not having mm-hmm. a lane to pass right. and getting frustrated. I think I, again, I think it's people, made things more unsafe. I mean, how many? You know, the, say, how many times have you seen people when you put a rope up? to guide them in a certain way mm-hmm. and they just go under the rope right they don't have the understanding that there's a rope there for a reason they're going to jump over the handrails they're going to say there's no consequence to it that's why there's no consequence there's this uh, principle of design that's kind of it's going around the country and different cities are adopting it it's called smart growth and uh, it, it just basically it's a lot of guidelines for how to make your city more accessible to walkers and uh, just 
to all people using any form of transportation, walking, mm-hmm. biking, you know, wheelchair, driving, whatever, public transit. And one of the principles that they espouse and say that is one of the good things is in your downtown areas, always allow, is it downtown only or is it everywhere? But always allow street parking, curb, curbside parking, because uh, if you always have it, then drivers will be more aware of people getting out of their cars everywhere. And I think that's the, that's what we would like to see. Consistency. It's just, uh, it's, it's something that, okay, it's dangerous because you're when you park your car and you're driving, you get out, and at least in our country, you, you exit the car into the street when you park mm-hmm. on the curbs. Yeah. So what they're saying, what the smart growth principle says is that we want this to be more common because people will be more used to looking for it and they'll be they'll be aware. Anytime you know, anytime I'm driving anywhere, I'm in the right lane, I'm always gonna have to be aware of someone might open their door and get out of their car at any minute. So right. hopefully I'm gonna drive slower and I'm gonna be more careful. They're not, and they're going the opposite direction. They're not saying eliminate curbside parking because it's they're dangerous. Saying to increase it to make it consistent, mm-hmm. so that you increase the expectation. So you're looking for it all the time. Well, there's there's a so there's a common problem in Southern California. We have the high occupancy vehicle lanes, the carpool lanes, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are no access for a certain amount of time, and then uh, limited access. And every mile or so, there's like an access point uh, to get in and out of the lane. One of our freeways just converted to being an all access you can you can get in the lane at any point and i've noticed it, since i've grown up driving on this freeway or being in the car on this freeway i've mm-hmm. noticed that people in that carpooling because it's only one direction going going south it's the same way of the limited access but going north now it's it's full access i've noticed people drive much slower in that lane especially during traffic because during traffic previously people would drive 85 down there which is well over the speed limit with, with stop no traffic on the right cut in and they, 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 they know that it's it's limited that somebody might cut in because people do break that law frequently, in fact, <laughs> frustratingly. But uh, but now that the option is always there, they definitely mm-hmm. are all driving slower. And so I think it's interesting. So we do see some precedent for there's going a, back the other way. There's a huge precedent for being more more risky. And uh, well, uh, it's mm-hmm. shifting the risk. That's all it is because you're, you're not eliminating a risk. You're either reducing it or shifting it. And I think this shifts the risk back onto mm-hmm. the individual instead of... Risk cannot be created or destroyed. It yeah, can right. only be transferred. Transferred. <laughs> it's like energy. But, but that, that's essentially what it is, though. It's like instead of, instead of the municipality assuming all the risk and engineering like double yellow lines that you can't cross it other than for a certain period... They've moved, they shifted the risk from the municipality to the people driving, to the individual. And the individuals have to be more aware. And so I think that will increase, you know, that, that, that will increase in the, the, the evolution of preservation. Mm-hmm. So tie it, tie it in, Jimmy. We've ranted for a while, but how is this? Is this relevant to what you wanted to it, talk about? Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. I, going back to what I originally said was uh, evolution in a physical sense, us turning into another being, I don't believe is possible only because, it, you know, the Darwinism natural selection is gone because we're allowing, stu- it's easier for stupid people to, to live. And stupid people have a lot more kids. <laughs> it's just it's just how it goes. You have know? you seen Idiocracy? I have. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible movie, but the first but five the principle, yeah. Principle of the whole thing. Actually, really, I, that movie's that's kind of evolving to a different species. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Multiplication. Well, I, and I think I think now now that we've talked about it, I think that the evolution of man is is kind of going backwards as the individual. I think we're still building some cool stuff, but you know, when there's an option to build a super awesome, cheaper hyperloop, and we're still probably going to go with the super expensive, slower 
Lightspeed Rail or Light Rail. High not Lightspeed Rail. Lightspeed Rail. That's light speed rail. Yeah, awesome. That's impossible. <laughs> those, both those things are impossible alone. How on earth? Uh, lightspeed Hyperloop? Yes. Very impossible. <laughs> Different topic. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, I don't know, I think the evolution of man is very interesting. It's, it's, I think physically we're not evolving anymore. I, I think we haven't evolved for a very long time. And some people are saying that we've, we have more diseases now than we used to. I don't know how true that is because there's things like, uh, like scoliosis can be tracked all the way back to like Alexander the Great had scoliosis. Uh, and they only know that because all of his statues, his head is, is crooked because that's how he, that's the only way he could stand stand was it was his head being uh uh crooked a little bit so it's i don't know i don't think i I think i think it's that whole concept which is uh you know in one of my favorite authors books about life finding a way is that part of life is the challenge of living right and Mm -hmm. so the challenge of living is finding a way around all these things we're engineering and much like jesse pointed out earlier at least with the the osha situation is that a better idiot's going to come along and fall off the roof regardless of how many railings you put up in place it's gonna happen. I think. I think you're just reducing case, liability. You're not eliminating liability. I think in this case, death will find a way. Yeah, and that's what it is. <laughs> but like part of part of life is death. You know, yeah. and that's that's what I mean by like I think that the, the principle stands. But that's I, why I, no one wants to live forever, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, even if you did have the ability to live forever, you would choose to die. That's mm-hmm. I think what we determined. Especially if there's week. no challenge in living. If uh, right, this is easy. If I have to try to die, <laughs> guess what I'm trying to do? <laughs> Child's play. I'm going to do it. <laughs> no, but uh, carrying this off to like the, the the next, I would say more abstract level. Jimmy, do you think that something like X Men is possible, or uh, or or in a more technological sense, Iron Man? Which I, I think we're going to talk I'll talk a whole episode about that. At least That'd I'd like cool. to. Uh, X-Men is actually when we get into our, our normal part of the, which I guess is now like when we look at sci-fi and we see what, what sci-fi has, has done and in the evolution of man, X-Men is great. I think X-Men, I, I don't know if it is, it is or it isn't possible. I think, and you can kind of see it now the, the there's, there's people that like Usain Bolt, I think he's a mutant because he can run faster <laughs> than any other person in history. Mm-hmm. So like in a way... He he is Flash. He's a very slow Flash, but like he, you you see glimpses of it. you see people that can that can jump really high. So I think I don't know if we'll ever develop the need for shooting you know lasers out of our eyes. Uh, but it, it's I don't know if we'll ever go that far. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I can see like a Wolverine thing happening if we keep getting hurt all the time. Like I think I think the body needs. A reason to to adapt that way. I don't I, think no. I think, see, I don't think that about evolution. The body doesn't. My body's not going to change. Your body's not going to change from what you were born with. But you, here's here's kind of going back to the point where that my wife had the uh, all these respiratory things when she was baby. So she had these these problems, these the small larynx or whatever it was. I don't. I'm not too clear on the details, but. So say, but now that she was, that that was corrected medically, she's been allowed to procreate. Mm-hmm. So she's potentially passed that on. It's a, and it's a recessive, you know, heart, you know, undesirable trait. Mm-hmm. But say that, say that natural selection was allowed to take its course and she hadn't survived past being four or five. And now she's, she would not pass that on. So now this, that trait is, is potentially you know you have that multiplied over many 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 
mm-hmm. instances and over a lot of years and that eventually that trait is gone, you know? And uh, so it's those kinds of micro mutations that I think makes up natural selection. Mm-hmm. And uh, if taller people live longer and, and have more kids, then eventually we'll have taller people because the, the short people are dying and not having as many offspring. To me, that's evolution in a nutshell is, is small deviations that happen between a genome and a, from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's natural selection. That's how evolution happens. It's not because one giraffe said, hey, I need to reach higher, and then he was able to stretch his neck, and then that neck stretching he was able to pass on. I think uh, the, the short giraffe out of two giraffes didn't eat as much and wasn't as healthy and wasn't able to, to procreate as well mm-hmm. as the, the giraffe that could reach more trees. And that's, that's why giraffes got taller and taller because the taller ones survived more, lived better. Lions right. weren't, that makes sense. weren't yeah. sickly and killed by lions. So by that sense, I mean, we, we could only evolve traits we already have, right? We couldn't necessarily grow new <clears throat> traits. Well, only in that they, they come about between generations, from one generation to another. I can't, I can't learn how to heal myself, but if my, my child heals a little faster, then maybe she'll live longer and have more children, and her children will heal even faster, maybe potentially if there's another mutation there in, mm-hmm. the, in the genome sequence. But it's going to take a long time, many, many, many generations. I don't think it's like the X-Men. I mean, the X-Men's a cool story, but it's not. we're not going to be able to fly or heal ourselves or shoot laser beams out of our eyes just from one generation to the next. I don't think we're ever going to get to that crisis point where these people that are being born are so different. You know, I, mm-hmm. the, the idea that evolution speeds up every few thousand years, like they say in X-Men, uh, nah, it, that's, that's not, how it, not how it works to me. Do you, do you think we also adapt based on, like, uh, based on geography? Yeah. Like, why, why certain mm-hmm. species of animals are different than other species of animals based on where they are at? Yeah, that's, that's definitely why. But it happens over a long time. Mm-hmm. Long, uh, many, many, many generations, and that's. I think that's why there's any controversy because it happens over such a long time that you can't, you can't perceive it. Right. But to me, the scientific evidence for it is, is clear, and it it makes sense too. So, so with that all being said, though, natural selection is not is not really happening anymore because uh, not for humans. Yeah, 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 you're right. Because we're allowing these genetic defects like a scoliosis or like you know ms or polio polio all right all of that stuff just you well, know, we're learning how to live with it but i think it's still happening in animals though definitely i mean sorry no sorry i think i think it's slowly not happening in animals at slowly least not happening at least ones we're aware of we are not letting extinct species go extinct I think humans are perpetuating the like, oh, the white rhino. The white rhino is going to go extinct. Let's breed a bunch of them. And we are mm. not allowing natural selection to occur, mm. I think. However, we also are the reason that natural selection was occurring because people were uh, poaching them. And, right. so, well, and so all we're doing is trying to like prevent ourselves from destroying a species, I think. I'm not against, I'm not, by the way, I'm not against that. I'm not against us protecting endangered species, but I, I do think that we are. You know, if you're talking about natural selection in the most disconnected of terms, something I've already expressed I'm unfortunately good at, mm-hmm. is that shouldn't we be allowing the white rhino to die? Because we're right. just another 
another creature on this earth traveling around and you know we i don't know uh don't you know. get into uh you get into what we've done to to dogs no, look at all the right. dogs we've 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 created in a lot of ways yeah. I mean, we've we've bred we wanted dogs with shorter tails so we bred the ones with shorter tails we wanted mm-hmm. them to smell better so we bred so like there's like what it's like 85 percent of the dogs that exist today would like there was that really cool show on history channel like life after people and it was talking about all the species like in it was something really short like 50 years all the chihuahuas would be dead all the all the mm-hmm. all the toy poodles would be gone it would, it would they would morph into like the labs would slowly start like the lab they would slowly go back to uh more wolf-like huskies would survive a lot longer uh, german shepherds but they would all mm-hmm. kind of mutate into not mutate but they would all kind of go back to one dog. after generations because mm-hmm. uh one lab is going to have a litter and one one of those isn't going to be the strongest the fastest sharpest teeth mm-hmm. right and better smell and he's going to survive longer and procreate more and therefore his offspring will be dominant over the other over his brother and sister and that's that's my point that's how it mm-hmm. that's how it happens so eventually, will we all just be one? Will we all look the same in like a million years? If we were to not affect anything, I think. I, I think if we were not able to engineer any any difference to that, then maybe. I who knows? I because I, I think I think our appearance is partially in part to things that we can't control, like the area of the world we live in, like like people in Alaska. And I mean, even in short amounts of time, like uh, my wife has a friend who was stationed in that in Alaska for a couple of years. They're from Southern California stationed in alaska for a couple of years and they they gained body fat because you have to mm-hmm. up there mm-hmm. then it's adaptation I but think. they're not passing that no they're not no, passing their body no, fat onto their baby if their no, baby moves back here then back to normal right, right? but i mean like this i i think other things like other areas of the world where like i don't know people are closer to the sun or just naturally darker i think that that does get passed down i, mean, I, we, I we think see that. i think part of your uh, at adaptations do because i mean if you look at like uh people from the island of samoa they're all they all kind of they're all like they have a, a bigger build and a lot of them they, and even if they move here and even like some of my friends that are third fourth generation they've, they've lived their grandparents have grew up in detroit but they still look like samoans do like that has to be programmed oh, yeah. in there somewhere maybe they were maybe their environment demanded that they were bigger or had darker skin because the sun was the sun was very damaging to people so the the ones with lighter skin you know developed diseases at a young age and died off and so all you have left is darker skinned people and that trait gets passed down i guess it, yeah no it's true it's a, it's a product of environment but it happens over generations and generations well let's let, let's go to the, the the part that i particularly love is what's your favorite form of uh, of evolution in literature or uh or movies uh, time machine is pretty good. I do like the time machine because it reverts. And they turn, yeah, they yeah. they split, they split in two. They turn into the 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 dominant, the Morlocks. The Morlocks, I believe, is what the they're Morlocks called, yeah. are the mean ones, and then the, the Eloy, Eloy, that's it. Yeah, the Eloy are the nice ones. Oh, such a good book. It really is. H.G. Wells, man. That guy's that guy's freaking smart. Brilliant. I've only I haven't read the Time Machine. I read the Invisible Man. You should this definitely read good. the Time Machine. Uh, time Machine. Should. The idea of time, like, and and then when you like, when was it written? Time Machine. Like that's what always trips me out. Is that when it was the, written? The time, yeah. the book Time Machine is a lot older than 
I always thought it was like, I know when I was when I first read it, I always thought it was like in the fifties or the sixties, and mm-hmm. it's published not. in eighteen ninety five. Eighteen ninety five. Eighteen ninety five. H. G. Wells, man. H. <laughs> G. Wells. Our, uh, our, uh, the woman, the oldest woman that's alive today, would have been three years old when when that book, you know. Oh no, the she book would have been, been around for three years when she was born. How trippy is that? How would you like to be like, you know, you're ten years old and you're like, oh, this relatively new book. When did H. G. Wells die? I will look that up. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, the time machine is got a cool evolution of man. You know, the Eloy, the Morlocks. They one becomes very H.G. Wells. It's just, she could have said. She could have said. Uh, her family could have said, "Oh, this author that's still alive." Mm-hmm. Trippy. Wow. Sorry to interrupt. What about you, Jesse? What's a good evolution? Oh, well, you guys were talking about the time machine, and it reminded me of Planet of the Apes. Mm. Ooh. Kind of interesting. That's an abstract mm. version of uh, of evolution. I really like that because it's, it's twisted on its traditionally head. backwards. Yeah, I, li- I really do like that. I agree. But I don't, I don't. I can't think of a lot of of evolution in literature because it's it's such a kind of a new idea, based on you know compared to the the whole span of when we have books from it's, mm-hmm. and it takes so long that it's really hard to write a, a compelling story that uses evolution as a one of its main facets. It so would have to be a time travel story, right? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, something like that. Not necessarily. I referenced, uh, for what I think is probably, it's not my favorite franchise in the world, but I, I reference what I think is a pretty good story of evolution, which is uh, X-Men. X-Men, yeah. Sure. X-Men is, uh, you know, they talk about it being a mutation, but nobody really talks, other than for Wolverine and a couple select characters, nobody really talks about what caused it. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I wrong? I don't know that. Like I said, it's not my favorite franchise, mm-hmm. uh, comic book wise. So I don't know much about it. But in the in the beginning of the movie, I don't know about the comic book. But they said that every every few thousand years, that evolution mm-hmm. takes a, a leap forward, and it's just right. you know, a, instead of a, a tiny bit of mutation, it's a, it was a lot. A massive, yeah. Yeah, just a lot of. Well, and that's that's you know that's what I think. I think it's a good. It's I think it's a really good. Mm-hmm. representation of uh, of evolution I, th- I suppose the evolution the, of man yeah the the thing that they gloss over and it, it wouldn't be a good part of the story anyway but is that some mutations aren't very positive yeah i know right this guy only has one arm mm. or no head the headless, headless horseman <laughs> Is it a family guy? They get superpowers and make, oh, yeah. him, make him grow her fingernails quickly. Right. <laughs> she can scratch people. It kind of hurts. I mean, but ow, really? <laughs> you mutate and become Aquaman. Right. You can talk to fish. That's, uh, that's about it. So you you like the family guy version mm-hmm. of Evolution Man? <laughs> <laughs> which probably which probably speaks uh, speaks volumes about the evolution of man. <laughs> if I'm referencing Family Guy, the <laughs> evolution of man. Oh dear. Are you Kyle? Oh, you already said I, X-Men. I said X Men. I really like X Men. I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of an obscure thing that yeah, doesn't appear much in science fiction. I was gonna say you can talk about. I mean, we always reference Star Trek, but Khan is technically they were talking He's a about mutation, him or as I mean, uh, the, the next step in human evolution. But it was a man-made genetic. I mean, that, there's the possibility of that happening. Genetic man- manipulation is is around today. Um, did you have the Did you have the option of that with your child, Kyle? What? About the, uh, uh, I'm wanting. sure the option's always there, but nobody offered it to us, and we yeah, wouldn't have taken it because I'm a, firmly against that. A, that's, that's engineering dilemma. All, Eng- all engineering itself. evolution. That's that's yeah, what designer that babies. 
designer babies. I think. Ah, man. Oh. I mean, did I think you, it's really cool that we can do that. Did you test for uh, genetic defects? We did. That's that. That is the thing. But like, yeah. you know, we had to. We had to talk. We we talked about it, and the the only reason we had done it is we had arrived at the conclusion that it would have been. It wouldn't have changed our minds at all mm-hmm. about what we were going to do. It would have just better prepared us for a situation we were potentially going to be in. But I countering decided, that, yeah. of the people that we knew pregnant at the time, one of them got it and got a read back that there was going to be a defect. And it, and it ended up not being there. The yeah. child's born that was, now. That's, that's the reason exactly why we decided not to. It's heartbreaking. Because I was, I was adamant that, you know, even somewhere in the literature it said this you know, even if you get a positive result, it's only 20% accurate or something right. like that. And I was mm. like, I'm not willing to spend the amount of money that it costs for a 20% accuracy. No, we, we did it with the sole purpose that it wasn't expensive. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, not the sole purpose, the sole reasoning that it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a copay for us. But the, the sole reasoning behind it was it would better prepare us for a situation, not, not change our decision. I'm not even willing to spend $10 on a, a well, on 20, something that's 20% accurate. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. It's, Why would you? It, it was something we talked about in, in, uh, in excess. And I mean, like even, even in my, like my, my personal life, I chose to get a, um, a genetic test done on myself because uh, there's a hereditary disease that runs through my family. That's, uh, I would say fairly predictable if you really think about the possibilities, but it's always good to know because had we found out that I, I may have had it or may have passed it, we may not have chosen to actually bear our own children. We may have adopted, but we wanted to know that. And I certainly wanted my wife to know that she's the one who brought it up and she brought it up uh, before we were even engaged really. But it was like, Oh, you know, I really, I don't know. I would like to know. Mm-hmm. But again, I emotionally detached from things. So I, I scared the geneticist who called me back and said, uh, we'd really like to schedule your follow-up appointment. This is after I had the blood test done. I'd really like to schedule your follow-up appointment so we can give you your results. I said, could you just give them to me over the phone? I really don't have time to come down there. And she said, we really prefer to have a counselor present. And I said, oh, I really don't care either way. And uh, I'm, you know, this is my verbal approval that I'm demanding my medical results. And she said, oh, well, you're not, you don't have it at all. You're not going to contract it or pass it. Like, are, are, you, are you sure you don't want a counselor? I said, that's, that's good news, so no. <laughs> uh, and even had it been bad news, I don't, I don't think I want to talk to your counselor. <laughs> it's like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I, I don't think it's going to cause a psychological problem. It's just, again, better better preparing me for a decision, a life decision. I at least wanted to give you know give my wife the option to 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 know that hey, mm-hmm. the guy the guy you're going to marry doesn't want to procreate. And that's and I I don't know. That's a whole different topic. But that right. that would that was me no, me knowing that. And had I had there been a way to genetically change it in myself, I don't know if I would. Well, it's really not a different topic because you would have, you're affecting uh, selection. It's not natural, but you're, you're going to, is it not? You're I mean, going to select. I'm selecting to not you're, pass that gene on. Yes. That, and that's what evolution is all about is passing genes that are going to, that are different from the genome that's accepted as human. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's mutations <laughs> over time. Oh, why are you snickering? The, the human or Kyle and Jimmy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Never going to die. It's the, it's my favorite joke. We almost probably made dri- it three weeks in a row without Probably reference. Probably drives Jesse crazy, but man, it's fun. It's like me singing Roxanne to our friend Roxanne. She hates it. <laughs> Mostly because it's bad singing. Anyway, so, uh, so Jesse, what are we talking about next week? 
I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> oh man. Do you who, know? Who's in charge of these things? <laughs> I really don't know. Should pass the list around. I think we're talking about zombies next week. Oh, oh already? Are we starting? Zombies? Are we starting? That's our it's our tenth episode, man. That would be our tenth episode. Oh, I think it's time to talk about zombies, that's people. Cool. What a bummer of a tenth episode. Oh no, it gets better after that though. Do tell. I, sh- shall we tease these episodes? Yeah, because they're we, people can give opinions. We're just finishing up a, a triplet. We're starting a new triplet. Uh, this triplet doesn't make much sense, though. So, well, what is it? Well, uh, it's, uh, downloading. Actually, a brain. It, it's, it a, it's less of a triplet. It, it's more of a block because the next five topics are really movie related, or at least uh, storyline related. related. So, like, I mean, zombies, mm-hmm. holodecks, okay, from Star Trek, uh, spotless mind. Which is a reference to Eternal oh. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, erasing, re- memories. erasing memories. Interesting. Iron Man, and Jurassic Park. Mm. Are are those things possible? We we'd love input from you. Yeah. Where where can they give us input, Jesse? Well, the maybe the website. Oh, the website. Yes, you you can comment on our website. The website would be a good place to do to do um, feedback. That is true. That is true. It is impossiblethingspodcast.com great great place to interact also if uh, you just want to email us and maybe you got a little rant you want to rant it's impossible things podcast at gmail.com or on twitter if you got something like quick quick to say it's uh, at impthng podcast so uh, contact us in any of those ways or heckle us when you see us in person right you can also call Kyle at 555. <laughs> oh, the 555 number. High five. Hey, high five for the fives. Oh, that's a lot of fives. Oh, too many fives. Yeah, you guys might be. Uh, I mean, about five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, all right. So that's it for evolution. Hopefully, we'll, we'll evolve to be a little smarter by future. next week. <laughs> uh, talk to you later, everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you.